3: What's up? Friday afternoon. Good to be with you cruising toward the weekend in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us. Richard Cross, Michael Borkey, Brian Hayed. You can join the conversation on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire. Business backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. That's right here in C Spire Country. Check them out online, cspire.com slash business. I, guys, have listened to almost the entire Arkansas-LSU game, and I flipped it off in the top of the 10th inning when there was a pitching change when I came inside the studio, and I just got it back up a second ago. So let's talk about what has happened in this game. Paul Skeens was on the mound today for LSU, and he was ridiculously good once again, although he did walk four, and that is a very un-Paul Skeen's pitching line. Seven innings, two hits. Uh, actually, they only credit him with three walks and 12 strikeouts. Arkansas got a run in the top of the fourth inning. They got a double, a wild pitch, and a sack fly. That made it one nothing. And that held until the bottom of the eighth inning, until the freshman Brady Neal, batting in the nine hole for LSU on a second hit of the game, hits a solo home run to make it 1-1. They go to the ninth, neither team gets anything, they get to extra innings. And this is where it kind of got weird. Listen to Arkansas in the top of the tenth inning. Lead-off walk, pitching change. Walk, so first and second, nobody out. And then a the three-run home run. So that's uh, that's good. There was a, a ground out that was mixed in there as well. So now Arkansas leads 3-1. to one. And then they get another single. And they get another single. And there's a pitching change. And there's a sacrifice fly. And there's a hit-by-pitch. And then a grand slam. Arkansas scored eight runs in the top of the 10th inning to take a 9-1 lead. Now, LSU, not dead yet. They've scored a couple of runs In the bottom of the tenth to make it a nine to three game, but one to one through nine innings, and then a combined ten runs scored so far in the tenth. Early start in Baton Rouge because of weather weather affecting a lot of SEC baseball today. Good Friday afternoon, and welcome,
4: fellas. What's shaking? How are you? Watch out for Naders tonight, man. It's not going to be any fun.
3: No, severe line of thunderstorms making its way through the state of Mississippi and kind of throughout the southeast. That's why um, we've seen a lot of changes, right? So, LSU Arkansas got started at noon. They're expecting rain to start in the next little bit in the Baton Rouge area. Uh, It's going to continue to make its way to the north and the east. Mississippi State and Vanderbilt will begin game one at 4 o'clock, and hopefully, they will have time to finish that ball game. The rain and storms are expected to get into, like, north-central Mississippi around 7 o'clock, so it's got to go a little farther to the east. Maybe there's a little more wiggle room, maybe 8 o'clock or so, uh, before Starkville-Golden Triangle area starts getting the uh, the bad weather. So hopefully there will be time for Mississippi State and Vanderbilt to finish their game. Ole Miss electing not to play early today. They will instead play a doubleheader, header pair of nine-inning games tomorrow against the Florida Gators' first pitch for game one is slated for one thirty. So we got movement all over the place, and uh, a lot of baseball uh, coming up, and a ton to talk about. Not only do we have baseball this afternoon, we have a fun, fun night of college basketball. Last night to discuss, it was it was really good. Porky, I love the way that you you phrase it in the rundown. An epic night of basketball, and Arkansas played too. Yeah,
4: they they played. Oh. They, they, they tried Ooh. anyway. At least uh, I think they did. Um, how about this, marcus Powell, or uh, now, Not Powell. Marchus Powell instead of Marcus. March. Yes. Oh, oh. I was. I was like, wait, how are you? How are you doing? I this? Mean, so.
3: Set an NCAA tournament record last night with 19 assists. And that's in the, game.
4: the amazing part of his game, right? I mean, he's five. they list him at 5'8". Is he even 5'8"? Probably not. That feels like a generous measurement. And he rolls his ankle and has to get carried off the court, and he's clearly favoring that ankle the entire game. And not only does he put the team on his back, he put the team on his back by getting his team involved. Those 19 assists were you know dribble drives and and he would because he commands so much attention he would get a double and then dump it off to a big man cutting i mean the their offense is great and fun but i mean he stole the show last night by getting teammates involved it's a little bit different than your typical like legendary basketball performance where a guy goes off for 30 points and it was just all him it was all him last night but it was all him because he got everybody else around him involved, and because of that, they basically scored at will. Absent a couple really bad late three point shots, like heat checks that coach is probably going to yell at them about today. Absent those, uh, unbelievable, unselfish basketball for a guy that put the team on his back. My uh, my kids don't really get that engaged in basketball.
3: Like they'll watch for a little bit. But I had it on my phone. We were sitting at the table kind of eating dinner and cycles last night, picked up carry out, and everybody had kind of finished up, and I was just sitting there. I had it up on the phone, and Ava Montgomery and Obie like were over each shoulder like glued, and, and Jane walked in. She's like, what, what's going on? I was like, it's 92-92 with a minute and a half left at Madison Square Garden in overtime with a berth in the Elite Eight on the line. She's like, Oh, wow, that, that, that's pretty cool. It was it was just a great scene. That was a basketball you, game worthy of that building last night.
2: And then you, you basically get a game that was as good, if not better, in the nightcap with UCLA and Gonzaga, where you get a couple of, you know, you thought one was going to be the game-winning shot, and then, no, here's the game-winning shot, a ridiculously long three-pointer, and then, I mean, just, you know, back and forth in the final moments, great game. In between two huge powers of college basketball.
3: Think about Noel's night last night, just for a second. Vorky referenced it a second ago. Carried off the court, and you're like, is he going to come back in the game? In an overtime game, a guy had to, who had to be carried off the court plays 43 minutes and goes for 20 points. With 19 assists, five steals, only turned it over two times, mixed in three rebounds, was perfect at the free throw line, and hit seven of his 18 shots. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a stat line for a basketball game.
4: Yeah, and that's the the the, the assists aren't the only thing. He made the game winning play, which was a steal, ended the game. Yeah, yeah. So, so an elite defensive play that was. I mean, instant legend status. If you watched that game last night, you'll never forget it because this little five-foot-nothing dude with a sprained ankle, I'm sure he's sore today. He's oh, got sure. yeah, no doubt, he's no sore today. Um, I mean, beat, albeit a seven seed, uh, took down a, a basketball giant basically by himself. Hey, Dad, I know you said that
3: you your girls rarely watch sports with you at home, but on the rare occasion mm-hmm. that they happen to sit down by the TV and you're watching something, and it's not a Mississippi State game, did mm-hmm. they immediately ask you who you're cheering for? Yes. That is without fail. It does not matter what game is on, and it doesn't matter which of my three kids are there. They're like, hey, who are you cheering for? And I would said last night, I was like, I, I really don't care. It's Kansas State and Michigan State. I just want a game that doesn't end. Like, just make this keep going. And about that time, and Borky, the best assist of all, the the coolest play. Noel Deeks Michigan State into, like, not really paying attention on defense or playing high. He looks like he's confused with the call from the bench, and he throws an alley-oop from 25 feet straight on that Keontae Johnson, who we talked about yesterday, catches and goes reverse dunk. And it's you're like, what just happened? What just happened? Oh, my goodness. And from that point forward, Obi didn't care who I was cheering for, which I didn't care. He's like, "I want Kansas State to win," and he's like, "All of a sudden, the biggest Kansas State Wildcat fan, you know, for like five minutes, standing yeah. in our kitchen
4: on a random Thursday night." Man, it was the, cool. The guts on him to take that and reverse jam it in a tie game like that. Uh, and didn't he almost have to though? Because the way he to. caught it, yeah, it, it was it was slightly, ever so slightly behind him. I don't buy their explanation. I think that they were they duped Michigan State. I don't buy that they didn't. They were fake arguing. There's no way that they were actually arguing coach and player and then out of the corner of his eye he just throws a perfectly timed alley-oop. No way. Because see, if they were arguing about the play, how mm-mm. does he got know to cut? No, see see here. Well, this
3: just just what I think. Because Noel, Noel said he and Keontae Johnson made eye contact. And so I think he was letting it play. I, I think Jerome Tang was legitimately calling a play from the bench. And he acted like he didn't understand what he was saying, and he called it again, and there looks like frustration. And the whole time, hes I think he's just baiting the defense, and then he lets it fly, and Johnson breaks, and holy cow, what a play. Sports Talk Mississippi, just getting started with you on this Friday afternoon. Be right back.
0: Sports Talk Mississippi. Hey, it's go time. Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, say something. Super Talk Mississippi. Did you hear about the
4: midnight?
3: Thanks for being with us on Sports Talk Mississippi. We will uh, go to the Farm Bureau guest line coming up in a little while. Uh, Michael Katz, who writes for the Daily Journal, is in Seattle to cover the Old Miss women's basketball game tonight as Ole Miss will meet Louisville in the Sweet 16. We'll talk to him about that coming up in the next segment of the show. Brad Henderson will join us at 437. We'll talk some Ole Miss baseball with him. Uh, Hey, Dad, anything for Mississippi State that stands out right now as uh, we're inside an hour to first pitch for their opening game with Vanderbilt?
2: Uh, Not really. Ross Highfield back behind the plate tonight uh, for Mississippi State. Um, and Luke Hancock at first. Hunter Hines is DHing, but beyond that, it's pretty much the, the normal lineup. And of course, uh and Jay on the mound.
3: State got to do tonight. What are they going to do?
2: Uh, it starts with that leadoff guy for uh, for uh, Vanderbilt. I mean, Enrique, Enrique Bradfield, Bradfield. Junior. Goodness gracious, I mean, the guy's a great base stealer without the help, and State has been so poor on, on keeping runners in place. It feels like if he gets on, um, he's going to be on second and maybe third without a whole lot of effort. So they got to limit that. I mean, at this point with State, it's just about playing clean baseball, isn't it? Just, you know, don't have errors, don't walk guys. Don't make, you know, when you have guys on base, knock them in. The stuff you sort of take for granted with the baseball team. State didn't do any of those things last weekend, That's why they got swept. they got to find a way to do those things if they want to be competitive this weekend.
3: So, we've talked a fair amount about catcher, right, and and the issues that Mississippi State has had in the running game. Opponents are 45 of 51 in stolen bases against Mississippi State this year. 45 of 51. That is a ridiculously high percentage, but it's not just a high percentage, it's a High number of attempts, and it's a high number of successful attempts, 22 games into the season. I mean, that, that, that's almost the absurdity of it. You have some teams that run a lot, that might have that many stolen base attempts on their own at this point of the season. But when you take a collection of teams across 22 games, you don't expect to see that many attempts and that many successful attempts. But I think that I think it's twofold, right? I mean, yes, there have been issues throwing runners out, but Ross Highfill, so so Hancock has struggled throwing runners out. Highfill is the better Mm -hmm. thrower of the two, but he can't catch the baseball. Mississippi State as a team has fourteen pass balls, and twelve of them belong to him.
2: Yeah, there's real issues, but it it really. And twenty-two off make, wild pitches
3: to, on top of that, by the way.
2: Yeah, it, it's been a, a real struggle. Everything is a struggle for this Mississippi State team to the point where, when Hancock came back, I mean, I'm sure there were discussions about, "Look, we're going to give you an opportunity behind the plate." But I, I think State made a mistake not going into the portal and trying to find a catcher because they just don't have anybody back there that can just command the plate and keep guy keep guys honest back there. Um, you said it was He's forty-five and fifty-one first baseman too. He's a really good first baseman. But I mean at this at the next level, you know, he's only like five eight, five nine. He's not is yeah, he a first right. baseman there? Probably no. not. So I you know I get what they tried to do there. State, you said forty five and fifty one, but obviously some of those are on the pitchers. When you look at the actual catchers, it's forty three of forty six. Yeah. So they've only thrown out three base runners. Now Lamonis mentioned that and, and he's correct in this, although it's, you know, an, an issue of itself. But Vander, VMI had that one game where I think they stole 11 bases on Mississippi right. State successfully. So they were 11 of 11 in that game. Sure, it does. It skews the numbers, but even then it, it, it would be 32 of, you know, 35 or whatever it is. Yeah. It's still a ridiculous number. So, And then, like you said, Bradfield coming in, I mean, that guy is such a, an elite runner. I mean, if if you if he gets on first, he, he might as well just balk because he's going to second. So, you know... <laughs> Save yourself the embarrassment, I guess. If and, you and, have and, and a balk move, of that,
3: if you're a left-handed pitcher and you've got a balk move, use it. 100% yeah. use it on the chance that maybe you pick him off at first. Make the umpire yeah, call the balk and and roll the dice on that because he's getting second.
2: And then, you know, for State on on the mound, State is not a good hitting team against left-handers. Well, here comes Vanderbilt with three left-handed starters. I mean, it's it's everything on paper reads like Mississippi State is going to struggle this weekend. Yeah.
3: So Sinjay is making his fifth start of the season. His numbers are really good. He, he's 3-0 and in five appearances with four starts and a 225 ERA. In 20 innings, he's given up only seven hits. He's got 30, nope, 17 strike. Wait, hold on. Sorry, I got off on the line. A, 26 strikeouts, 13 walks. The strikeout number is really good. The walk number is too high. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's got to figure out right. how to keep the walk number down a little bit. What's the rest of the weekend rota- rotation going to look like?
2: They're going with Gartman on Saturday, and it's TBD on, uh, on Sunday. My guess is if they can avoid using Nate Dome on Friday, Saturday, that he'll get that start. Okay. if not him I, I don't know I don't feel like you can go back to Intima. I don't know that Kate Smith is ready to roll this weekend you know Lamona's told us on Monday that he expected to have somebody back this weekend then you know when on Tuesday they rolled out Aaron Nixon and Cole Cheatham so I don't know if if those were the guys he was talking about or if he's talking about somebody this weekend but even then I don't know that Kate Smith comes back and he's just right into the weekend.
3: yeah I'm, I am led to believe that Kate Smith is not pitching this weekend. So okay. we'll, we'll we'll see if that turns out to be the case or not. But I I don't think you're going to see him this weekend. And it's it's a weird deal with Cade Smith, right? I mean, it, it's not like it was some serious injury. It, it, it kind of started the season out with what well, he had the the flu, or,
2: or well, he was yeah, he was okay against VMI, and then he was really bad against uh, Arizona State, and that you know the. They've never confirmed it. And State has just been so tight-lipped about injuries and everything this year to the point of annoyance. Um, But, you know, that it was an illness and not an injury. And so here we are, you know, going on a month later, and he hasn't been back on the mound at all. Well, I think that's partially true.
3: I think there was an illness that led him to feel really bad going into that second start of the season, and then something didn't feel right. He, he was gonna. He didn't feel great and wanted to try and gut it out. And then after the fact, decided to just kind of let it roll. And, and then out of an abundance of precaution, they have taken their time getting him back to the mound. And I don't think it's gonna be this right. one. So we'll uh, we'll see. Yeah, I love me breaking down injury news for you, at Mississippi State, huh? Yeah. Um, Ceasefire text line is open to you at 601-879-4395. We'll get more into those games from last night, but let, let's just like snapshot of, of all four games. Right, so Kansas State, Michigan State was great. We talked about that. It ends up being an overtime win for Kansas State, and the Jayhawks, I'm sorry, no, who, 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 who what am I? Uh, am mm-hmm. I Mark Amberdard all of a what sudden? that? Yeah, the, the Kansas City Jayhawks, um, The Wildcats, Kansas State, advances to the Elite Eight under a first-year head coach that had two scholarship players returning. What a story. What a story. They're a win away from the Final Four. So that was the first game. And then you had UConn-Arkansas. And with, what, nine minutes to go in the first half, it was a five-point game. And then UConn goes on a 13-point run, and they led by as much as, what, 31? And they end up winning it 88-65. An absolute drumming in a Sweet 16 game. And based on the way we talked about that game yesterday, I don't know that any of us saw that coming. Not like that. I certainly didn't. The third game of the night was back in New York, Florida, Atlantic, and Tennessee. Tennessee led by five at the half. And they just got outplayed in the second half. Just got outplayed!
4: Yeah. Plopsick is a punk. I don't like to say that about college kids, but man, he is. He is.
3: That's kind of been his deal all year.
4: Yeah. Oh, man. It, it, the broadcast... by <laughs> Watch Tennessee fans were outraged at the commercial break uh, flagrant, which, by the way, wouldn't have been the worst thing to just go ahead and kick him out of the game after that. But they, they didn't, and whatever. But they showed the wrong replay at first. Mm-hmm. They and couldn't it, find it. They, they didn't know what they were looking for because it had happened earlier during the sequence. Yeah, and everybody was like, that's a joke, the refs are out to get us. And then they found the the right cut, and it was like, oh, we're lucky to oh, s- still yeah. have him on the court. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, Tennessee, they couldn't score. I mean, it's kind yeah. of been their issue at spots this season, right, as they've struggled to, to generate offense. But when your opponent is hitting shots the way FAU did there for a stretch, they couldn't match.
3: The crazy thing when you look at Tennessee, like, throughout the course of the season, and they would have a game where they, they, they go out and they score, you know, 75, 86, 87 they scored 87 against Mississippi State, 85 against South Carolina, and then they score 46 in a win against Auburn. They just couldn't score consistently all year.
0: It's time for more Sports Talk Mississippi. Finally, finally on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at Supertalk.fm.
3: Welcome back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Time for us to go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com. Go with the home team Mississippi Farm Bureau. Michael Katz joins us right now, covers Ole Miss Athletics for the Daily Journal. You can follow him on Twitter at Michael L. Katz. He is currently coming to us from Seattle. Cool city, one that I've never visited. Michael, had you spent any time in Seattle prior to this trip?
5: uh the last time i was there was crazy crazy how it all kind of comes together was i was still a student at usc and the head coach at usc was lane kiffin and they came here to play washington in 2012 that was the last time i was here working for the uh the student newspaper usc
3: very cool have you uh, have you been to the fish market
5: uh we went today it's uh we we i we, we got what we needed to see i needed to see them throw at least one fish
3: you didn't have the opportunity to catch one or toss one or anything like that?
5: No, but they were offering free samples, but it was like 10 a.m. It was a little early for, uh, for free fish samples, though I did appreciate it.
3: A little early, a little uh, aggressive, no little, doubt. Yeah. All right, so this journey for the Ole Miss women's basketball team, I feel like there are two ways to look at it, right? There's There's the this season journey, but then there's also kind of like the longer-range journey that started when – you let McVey McEwen got this job and took over. It was a dumpster fire. I mean, it was really, really bad when she started. In, in your mind, as you've covered this team and written about her and written about her story, what has happened and how has it happened?
5: Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy to think that. Uh, again, uh, I know this gets brought up a lot, but just you know, a few years ago they were 0 16 in the SEC. That's, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, I think they won 16 games her first two years combined. Um, then they got they made that run to the NIT and, and the last two have been uh, NCAA tournament uh, appearances. I, I think the biggest thing one is the, the caliber of, of player has just probably gotten better. Um, you know, getting uh, Maddie Scott was a really big one a few years ago. The first McDonald's All American in program history. I think that kind of set the bar a little bit. But I, I also think the transfer portal era she's she's really embraced and, and kind of how Lane Kiffin's done on the football side. Um, they have decided that they want to be the place where the transfers go. And they've done a really nice job of getting players out of there. Uh, I also think that they have, have found their their identity as a program. They know what they are. They always say, and they'll say it again, we defend. Um, they only are going to get players that are doing what they need them to do. They don't ask them to do anything else. Um, and, and everybody buys in. It's really remarkable um, how – no matter what the game is no matter what the score is no matter who the opponent is they're always kind of playing the same way uh and you know even when things got you know Dicey at Stanford uh when they Stanford made a little run late they kept doing what they do and it, and and it ended up working um i think they've they've just uh, Yo, Coach coachio has done a really nice job of establishing what she wants that program to be and finding the pieces that get that done
3: what about this matchup tonight? I mean, Louisville's, what, two years, three years removed from winning it all. Uh, Jeff Wall is considered to be one of the the best coaches in women's college basketball. It's a really good, established program. And, and I know it's easy to kind of label like plucky upstart uh, for, for Ole Miss. I, I'm not sure that that's a label that fits. But when you look at this matchup, what's important?
5: Yeah, this, I mean, Louisville has been, I think it was like six straight Sweet 16s, something like that. Uh, you know, Haley Van Lys is one of the best scorers in the country. Uh, this program has, has been here a, a lot in, in recent years. This isn't really anything new for them. But I think Ole Miss has kind of got that thing, and we saw it. You know, I don't want to make the exact comparison, but you know, we saw the Ole Miss baseball team kind of start finding itself at the right time last year. Uh, the exact right time, and they just sort of became this behemoth in the postseason. This is an Ole Miss team right now that just, it doesn't matter who they're playing, they're just, they're just, they're going to play hard, and they're going to make it competitive, and it's always going to be scrappy, and uh, you know, that was a Stanford game that a lot of people thought they were probably going to get blown out of, and and here they go, they're up by 12 at one point, and then things, of course, get a little bit close, but um, I think this is a team that believes in itself. And, uh, I don't think it's the a team that has anything to lose mentality. I think they, but they're at a point where I think they think they should win every game. And I mm-hmm. think that goes a long way. And so, uh, I think the biggest thing for Ole Miss, the defense is always going to travel. The question is, are their shots going to fall? Uh, and that's, you know, it comes and goes, The three-point shot is really big for them. When they're hitting threes, they're really, really hard to beat. We know Angel Baker's going to get hers. You know, she's a 15-point scorer, all-SEC guard. She's going to probably figure it out. Can the other players hit the shots when they need to? I think it's really going to be a big one.
3: By the way, Michael, let me correct myself since you were nice enough not to do it. Louisville has not won a national championship in women's basketball. I meant two years removed from their last final four appearance where they have been a fairly regular participant. Four, uh, four final four appearances since 2009. They have not won a national championship. If you're a women's college basketball aficionado and you were throwing something at the radio, forgive me for, uh, for saying that wrong. Um, I, Something you said, though, about the three-point shooting really stood out to me. I mean, if Ole Miss just makes a couple of more shots against Stanford in that game at Maples on Sunday night, I guess it was, it's not even close at the end. And and so it feels like with what they do on the defensive end, to your point just a second ago, if they're able to hit some some important threes, especially in the second half, they might not just win, they might win comfortably.
5: Yeah. When, 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 when that, yeah. When, when, they're hitting threes, they are, they're really tough because one, it, it spreads things out for, uh, you know, for Angel Baker to, to do what she wants to do, uh, you know, on, on her mid range game and whatnot. But, uh, no, I mean, and, and, you know, it the shooting kind of becomes contagious at that point. Everybody thinks they can make it. And, um, you know, you can, you can feel momentum swings. This is a team that really kind of feeds off of momentum swings and energy. And, uh, you know, it, it's, I think they're sort of starting to become a, you know, a, the crowds like them. I think people are kind of rooting for this sort of story. And so if, you know, if the three start to shoot and there's neutral fans in there, people are probably going to start rooting for Ole Miss. You know, there's there's a lot of fans here this weekend from a lot of different schools, uh, people who are watching the game as impartial viewers. Uh, you know, when those three start falling uh, and those big shots start going in, I think the crowd's probably going to kind of get behind them. I think it's really big that they got off to a good start and and hit those early threes.
3: Is there any surprise among the Ole Miss women's basketball team personnel that you've been around in the last couple of days as to just how much attention they've gotten since that win against Stanford on Sunday?
5: It's it's crazy to see um, the national attention uh, that has been on yo and and the program and just seeing all of the people who uh who have kind of picked up on this journey I, I don't know if they're surprised i I think the way that you know yo is kind of modeled her program is that they belong on on the mm-hmm. big stage like they shouldn't be surprised that people care about them uh, they're not you know as as quote you know as as sort of an upstart as they are they believe they should be there and so i I don't think that they're um, surprised by the attention, I think this is probably what they thought they should be getting. You know, they, they've you always talked about how they should have been ranked earlier in the year, and uh, that this is a team that probably deserved more respect than it got, and, and now they're getting that respect. So, uh, I don't think they're surprised. I think they, this is probably what they thought they should be getting the whole year, and and now they are.
3: Michael, only a minute left. How do you think this plays out tonight?
5: Oh man, it, it, it's so hard because uh you know they they kind of have that team of destiny feel right now mm-hmm. um just a, a team that is is going to go as far as it can until it hits some kind of buzzsaw i don't know if Louisville is the buzzsaw I, i'm not sure what would what is the buzzsaw other than south carolina uh if it gets that far um but you know i yeah, yeah south carolina I,
3: I don't, would qualify by the way
5: yeah yes they are a buzzsaw Ooh. Uh, I, you know, I, I think this is this is a game that Ole Miss can definitely win. I, I think I would not be surprised if they won a close one tonight.
3: All right, we'll see how it uh, how it plays out, Michael. Really appreciate you giving us some time. Let's uh, let's do this more often, uh, even when you're not in Seattle. Uh, good good catching up and safe travels to you.
5: Thanks so much. Appreciate you,
3: Michael L. Katz on Twitter writes at the Daily Journal. And if you need a little bit of a primer for the uh, the national champion, or excuse me, the uh, the Sweet Sixteen game tonight for Ole Miss women's basketball against Louisville, check out his Twitter feed. He does a, a dive into the numbers. Uh, and also, if you scroll down just a little bit, yesterday he wrote a a story about Yolette McPhee McEwen, Coach Yo, and her rise alongside Ole Miss women's basketball. I guess leading the rise of Ole Miss women's yeah. basketball. It's gonna be a late night. It'll be a late night. A lot of basketball options tonight. Yeah, there are. What
4: are they? The second game. I hope nine o'clock central is not the first game. Yeah, you would hope not. But with
3: local time, I'm never entirely sure. I
4: can't so, imagine it. It would be. Yeah. So. So maybe even later, I, 930, well, 945, that's the, yeah. That's the reason
3: I ask. I mean, it's like, might they be pushed a little bit later than that nine nine fifteen tip? We'll, uh, we'll see when it all shakes out. Appreciate Michael Katz. He's good. Does a really good job joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. We'll be right back.
0: Crazy people. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: The text line, just a reminder, Mississippi State baseball will begin at 4 o'clock or just a shade after this afternoon. In Game 1 against Vanderbilt start time was moved up originally to 5 o'clock and then pushed up another hour to 4 o'clock as they uh, watched the weather forecast. Um, it appears as if it's going to rain and rain hard with lightning and thunder and potentially other stuff in a big portion of the state of Mississippi. Tonight, yeah, this is not one of yeah. those where the the weatherman just kind of swings and misses. This is the one where you see the forecast where it's like at eight o'clock there is a ninety seven percent chance. I mean, at eight thirty, there's a ninety eight percent chance. You know, it's it's coming.
2: Our our local CBS affiliate here in uh, Starkville tweeted from their accounts a link to the online March Madness website just letting people know like hey if NCA tournament is interrupted you should Ooh. go here because they Ooh, yeah. they know they know they're going to have to interrupt.
4: Oh, their emails and phone lines when things get interrupted. Oh man. I, I wish that uh, that I knew somebody that would be willing to give some of that up because the a World Cup, the United States World Cup game got blocked because of weather. And I would have loved to have seen because that happens with every sporting event, not just soccer or anything. The kind of stuff that gets said to them for blocking the sports out to talk about weather. would love to do that. But, yeah, I saw a, a professional storm chaser say that he can smell the tornadoes. That that, that there's a certain smell in the atmosphere. in the, the smell and the feeling when he stepped outside that it's going to be one of those. And I thought, that's really impressive. And also... That also really sucks that you have that feeling,
2: but yeah. Well, I mean, you were born you've lived in Mississippi long enough. There, there's a you can walk outside and and just be like, oh, the weather's gonna be bad today, without knowing anything about the forecast. There's just a, a feeling in the air that you can feel if you've lived here long enough. You're like, eh, that's not good. Yeah. Well, and the wind
3: today—I mean, the wind's been getting after it, but it's kind of been swirling too. It's not like it's just blowing in one direction. I tried to go with the uh, futile activity of blowing leaves in my driveway earlier today, and it's like I-, I can't compete with you, wind. If I want them to go this way and you want them to come this way, I lose one hundred times out of one hundred, and so I kind of—I uh, kind of quit. On uh, on that
4: front, that's like washing your car knowing that rain's coming later. Blowing leaves when there's bad thunderstorms coming is just like making your bed at nine o'clock at night. So you're about to climb into that thing.
3: Yeah, no, I understand, but uh, sometimes it feels better to climb into a freshly made bed.
4: Yeah, but at
3: nine, what's the point? That perhaps it feels better to climb into a freshly made bed. So I mean, just yeah. I, I mean, I get what you're saying. It was part of some other yard. It's not like I went out specifically to blow off the driveway. It was doing some other yard work. I was like, oh, got the blower. Here we go. Um, I was gonna say, ceasefire text line. Yeah, a couple of a uh, couple of messages on here. Uh, somebody asking, hey, Dad, if the Vandy Whistler will be attending the game in Starkfield today at he Duty is- Noble.
2: He is in Starkfield. So I would assume he didn't just come to uh, for two brothers.
3: How did, you, uh, how did you how did you ascertain this? Is he still driving that van that says baby Whistler on it?
2: That's oh. how it was ascertained.
4: There you go. Uh,
3: it was a clue. So uh, good news on
4: that. Um, He's state- going to fly too close to the sun, by the way, going to these road games.
2: One day you are just going to get a frat boy who's like, it's worth it, my dad will get me out of jail. I'm going to go punch him in the mouth, and that's going to be it. It's going to happen eventually. I mean, Starkville one of the where somebody
3: ringing a bell could accidentally lose the handle on their bell, and it just goes like, I'm not suggesting Let it that it should happen. Um, ooh, ooh, hey there, this is not nice. The state pitcher that throws from both sides is going to get a sweet NIL deal from LSU next year. Aw. That's not nice. Hey. Mike and That's Oxford, rugged. he's talking basketball. He says, Calipari's going to Texas, and Dusty May is going to Kentucky.
4: Do you think Kentucky fans, I know he's ju- he's making this run, but do you think that they would approve?
2: I'm just saying right now that Ole Miss could have hired Dusty May and avoided a lot of crap to eat. <laughs> Looked pretty good into doing it.
3: Um, No, I don't think Kentucky fans would accept that.
2: No. I could see Dusty May at Alabama if Nate Oates goes to Kentucky.
3: Uh, I think that is less likely than it was two months ago.
2: It is. It is, but...
3: Yeah. Um, Dwayne and Brandon wants to know how often you wash your sheets.
2: Once a week? Yeah, weekly. No, I have no idea. My wife washes the sheets. I just... Sometimes I show up in, in the bedroom and the sheets are different.
3: How often would you guess she washes the sheets?
2: Once a week or so.
3: Uh ceasefire text line, a punch in the mouth would only embolden him. And Borky, where are you I'm, going to be? I'm not to gonna be? suggest
2: murder. Murder's a bit much. Borky,
3: where are you gonna be for the St. Patty's parade? Probably not there. We'll be back, four o'clock hour coming up next. Sports Talk
0: Mississippi, your all-access pass to all things sports in Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm.
3: This Friday, thanks for being with us. We've got a Food Friday coming up a little bit later today. That'll be in the 5 o'clock hour. Also, Brad Henderson will join us. About half an hour from right now, we'll talk some old Miss baseball with him. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and Michael Borkey. we're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. You can book your tee time or plan your trip online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. Dancing Rabbit, part of Pearl River Resort c text line is open to you at 601-879-4395.
2: Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> well, They didn't let him get on first, did they? Um, uh, man, off- Ed, you
4: might be a little behind then.
2: I know what the score is. Okay. Uh, I'm looking at the live stats. Uh,
4: the, the oh, my was to the
3: swing. I didn't even see where the ball went. Uh, I don't three think to nothing did. Vanderbilt after three hitters. A leadoff solo home run for Enrique Bradfield. Hey Dad, used the joke before I could. Yeah, one way to keep Enrique Bradfield Jr. from stealing bases is. Yeah. So he hits a solo home run the opposite way. Wind is blowing out to left, and then a full count walk to the two hole hitter. And is that Shrek? Shrek? Sh- Who's that? Shrek the the hit run? the, uh, the yeah. two run.
2: Yeah, Shrek.
3: RJ Shrek hit a two run home run and three batters in. It's three nothing. Vanderbilt. He run, has whatever.
2: layers. Hey, like an onion. Um, yeah, or like a parfait. <laughs> um, Is that a reference? He got
4: Richard. Got that one.
2: He got it. He got Saint, it. Good job. He got kids. There's no way he's not getting. Yeah. Saint Joe, right? Saint, 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 Saint.
3: Not what the. But that's not what the pronunciation guide says. Like I heard I'm Bart just telling you say what it I've anyway. heard. Of... You've heard I, I feel like I've heard you say Sinjay. Just call him Gerangelo. Gerangelo Sinjay is the way the sure. pronunciation guide lays it out. Okay. So go until with... we're corrected, we'll go with that. Okay. You're going to say it however you want to say it anyway, Kwanzo.
2: That's right, I am. Quanzo Martine. I never called him Martine. I mean, you <laughs> might as well
4: have. Well, we never called him Yans at that point, either, yeah. but.
2: I never called him Yans. Not, I never called him Yans seriously. Yeah. Other First people yans. did. Yeah. It's a soft, it's a soft J. Yans. J. Jons. Yans. It's Yans.
4: How does Vanderbilt, like, they're really good. It's a good baseball team, and they have been. But, I like, I'm flabbergasted at the ability to play baseball as well as they do wearing the garbage that they have on their bodies right now. Yeah,
3: I, I just—it's I'll it's never distracting. Black baseball
4: uniforms. I mean, black tops. I get it. If it—I mean, black's a school color. Like, they they got to wear black sometimes. So a black top makes sense. A black hat makes sense. But this all black with the V logo on your socks and the gold pins—it just—it looks so. It looks like if the XFL from the 90s had a baseball league. That's what it looks like.
3: Good fastball there from Sanja. Sanja. <laughs> now I can't even Drandon. say it the way I said it. Was Yeah. Um, he's going all right-handed today so far as well. No, even switched. with the... Uh, oh, did he? He gave up the second home run lefty. Oh, okay. He threw right-handed to Bradfield, though, who was a left-handed hitter to start the game. Anyway, who um, and a hit batter. So after the solo yes. home run, walk, two-run home run, he got a pop out to short and a strikeout. And a really good two-strike pitch tied the freshman for Vanderbilt up with fastball in, and then had a fastball get away and hits a batter for Vanderbilt with two outs. We're not going to do play-by-play of the entire game. We'll keep you up to date with what's uh, what's happening as we go through the uh, course of the uh, the afternoon. But what about the baseball series this weekend? As, as you look across the SEC, I think on paper, Arkansas LSU was the one that popped. Right, yeah. number one versus number three when you look at those two teams coming in. It was a 1-1 game going into extra innings, and then Arkansas just explodes for eight runs in the top of the eighth inning to get the first win. And, I mean, Arkansas has got to be feeling great. They navigated the difficult road that is Paul Skeens. And Paul Skeens is not all that LSU's got, right? they get got a good offense, that can swing it. they got two other pretty good starters on the weekend as well. But if you get a win in a game that Paul Skeens starts – You kind of feel like you're playing with house money after that. That's a huge win for the Razorbacks. What else stands out to you this weekend?
4: Well, the potential bounce-back opportunities that, at least in Starkville, are not exactly off to a good start. But, I mean, for our local teams, Ole Miss has an opportunity at home to to get right 18 innings in one day is going to really stress that bullpen. I mean, we're going to see what they're made of. At some point, I know it's early in conference play, at some point, though, other pitchers are going to have to display the ability to get people out, to not walk people. I mean, we mentioned Quinn, for example. He had pretty good command, didn't walk anybody right in the midweek. I know it's Pine Bluff, but still. Um, They need him to be a reliable weekend piece, but he walks too many people, and he can't be that right now. At home, in your friendly confines, it's going to be a beautiful day tomorrow, big crowds, all that. Some of these guys need to show that, hey, I can get people out in the SEC. Because no matter how good they are offensively, and they're good, you're not scoring 12 runs a game. So I'm hyper-focused on the Ole Miss game because, of course, we talk about them every day, but they need somebody in that bullpen, to step up and say, I can get people out in the SEC. You can rely on me. You don't have to score runs every inning to keep us in ballgames.
3: Who's that going to bull- be? I think it's partly bullpen, but I think before you ever get to the bullpen, Ole Miss has got to have a big performance out of Jack Doherty. Yeah. And when I say big, I'm not saying he's got to go you know, complete game two hitter against the either best or second best offense in the league. But you need... He needs six innings out of Jack Doherty in that first game. And you'd like six innings where he, he kind of keeps the Florida offense in check a little bit. Uh and and we'll see how that goes. It'll be Brandon Sproat in the first game. And uh Hurston Waldrop in the second game, and then Jack Caglione will go on Sunday for the Florida Gators state gets out of the uh, out of the top of the first inning with just the 3 runs allowed. If you're looking for a silver lining, San Jay was not great in the first inning last week on the road against Kentucky. But after that he settled, in. He, he, he settled in and he pitched well and and got that game deeper and it ended up going to extra innings before Kentucky got the the win on Friday. So you're hoping they need to for go to an
2: opener. Yeah,
3: maybe so. By the way, Among there was a uh, other things. There was another pass ball for Ross Highfill in that inning. He, he just right. has trouble catching the baseball, hey, Dad. Well, they they scored that a wild pitch. So. That's a terrible scoring decision.
1: It was six inches. It, so.
3: it was six inches off the plate and a foot off the ground.
2: <laughs>
3: with a left-handed hitter, and he moved his glove there, and it hit his glove and bounced and rolled to the backstop. Somebody with the official scorer's tablet just felt bad for him. And didn't want to give. Well, him he's another.
2: got twelve in the year, though. Just trying not to do it. Yeah, Well,
3: that's what I'm saying. They felt yeah. bad. They felt like thirteen was just a. No, I'm agreeing. Too far. Yeah, that was a pass yeah. ball. Gracious. Whew. Um. So, the rest of the series in the SEC this weekend. A and M at Tennessee is really interesting. Yeah, Tennessee got swept on the road against Missouri last weekend. They're still a good baseball team. AM got only one at home, but they were able to salvage one, avoid the sweep at home against LSU last weekend. Top 25 matchup there. Top 25 matchup in Columbia, South Carolina. How about the Missouri Tigers? Won all three against Tennessee at home last weekend, and now they go to face the team that's got more home runs than anybody else in the SEC. Anybody else in the country? I I haven't looked at the updated numbers this week. I don't know what happened in midweek.
2: Who was that guy a couple years ago for South Carolina that had a ton of home runs? What was his name? Uh, He hit most of them in non-conference, but he had like 20-something home runs.
3: Yeah. I I know who you're talking about. I can see him. I cannot remember his name. Go ahead. It's like three years ago, three or four years ago?
2: Yeah, I want to say that's right. I think he was
3: a junior college
2: transfer also, if I remember. Yeah, sounds right. So
3: you got Missouri at South Carolina, Georgia at Auburn. That one got started last night, and that game was there for Georgia for the taking. Get a chopper on the infield, fielded perfectly by the third baseman. He airmails the throw to first, keeps the inning alive. Auburn scores a run, pushes it to extra innings, and they get a bases loaded walk-off walk in the bottom of the 11th, to win 7-6 to over Georgia, and Georgia falls to 0-4 in the league. Kentucky is at that Alabama. Mm-hmm. That's the other series.
2: Say again? West Clark.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Good call. I don't know if that's who I was thinking about, but I think that's the right guy. Ah, yeah.
2: 54 hits, 23 home runs. That's a good year.
3: Not bad. Pretty good slugging percentage. We'll continue yeah.
0: with you after this on Sports Talk Mississippi. In Mississippi sports, you'll hear about it first right here. Sports Talk Mississippi.
3: Mississippi State got a leadoff double in the bottom of the first inning with a couple of strikeouts since. So a runner at second with two down for Mississippi State, trailing 3-0 to Vanderbilt in game one of the three-game series. Start time moved up, what, two and a half hours from 6.30 to 4 o'clock first pitch because of the impending weather that will be making its way into the Starkville area later tonight. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and Michael Borke in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Would it be okay if we made a rule that as long as Gonzaga and UCLA qualify for the NCAA tournament, they must play each other in the tournament? Because when these two, games, uh, these two teams get together, good grief. 2006, we talked about it yesterday. UCLA got the better of Gonzaga in the first NCAA tournament go-around between the two teams. They trailed by 17, but came back and won the game. And famously, Adam Morrison goes to the floor crying. Then in 2021, in the Final Four, Jalen Suggs hits a running three at the buzzer to send Gonzaga to the national championship game. And then last night, we had another crazy ending. Gonzaga trailed big early in the game. They came back. It was nip and tuck down the stretch. Julian Strawther hit a three with 7.2 seconds left to answer a three that UCLA's Amari Bailey had just hit. And Gonzaga got a 79-76 win. By the way, UCLA did have a three at the buzzer to try to send it to overtime that clanked off the iron. Just another incredible chapter in the story that is Gonzaga versus UCLA in the NCAA tournament. It was yeah.
4: great. And for about 20 minutes, UCLA looked like the best team in America.
3: They did. Yeah. They really, really did.
2: And they and went, so, what, 11 minutes without scoring?
3: Yeah. And so, for a trip to the Final Four, that sets up a matchup between Gonzaga and UConn. UConn looked really good last night. They looked tough. Sanogo, their big guy down
4: low, was a great rebounder. They dominated, at least, I don't know what the final numbers were. You know, Sanogo did all that, by the way, without consuming anything. He's in uh, observation of Ramadan. Oh. So he went for 18 and eight on an empty stomach. And no water either. Wow. At least per the rules of the ritual. So so he spent the day putting nothing in his body and went out and dominated Arkansas on the basketball floor.
3: He got to eat post-game, though, right? Is it the, after the sun goes down, you're allowed to eat? I, Is that how it works? I think so. I don't remember. There's a base knock through the left side of the infield. He gets Mississippi State on the board. It's now three to one as Kellum Clark gets
4: an RBI single from dawn until sunset. So yeah, post game he was able to, you know, hydrate and all that. But yeah, from the Surely morning the to the sun- start of the game, that
3: was a late start. Surely the sunset. During the game, and he was able, after tip-off, to get some water.
4: Could you imagine having to be the staffer that, that had to stand in the guts of, of the arena and wait till the sun goes down and then run in and say, Hey, fuel them up!
3: Like they set up a camera outside just to <laughs> let them know, Okay, the sun has officially set. You may now drink. <laughs> um so Sunogo's really good. He goes for 18-8. and Hawkins had 24 last night for UConn. That's a tough, gritty team. They out-rebounded Arkansas 43-31. But it was like 15-4 to halfway through the first half or, or something crazy like that. So that was a really good win for UConn. And Honestly. on the flip side, Arkansas laid an egg. They just flat laid an egg in the game. Five of 16 from three. They shoot 32% from the field. They get out rebounded. It just couldn't make shots. And so, good matchup there. And then you get Kansas State against Florida Atlantic for a trip to the Final Four. Congratulations if you had that in your bracket. Kansas State's going to win that game, aren't they? I mean, maybe. Perhaps I should stop doubting the Owls? Maybe? I don't know. Four games coming up tonight on the men's side. San Diego State, Alabama is the first. Tips off at 530 on TBS. Then you've got Miami and Houston. That is in Kansas City. The Bama San Diego State games in Louisville. Princeton Creighton is also in Louisville, and then Xavier in Texas is the night game in Kansas City. So pretty good slate of games again tonight. But but this is the side of the bracket where the names you're like, okay. I, mean, I know Alabama is the number one overall seed, but kind of uncharted territory for them. Houston has been there. The job that Kelvin Sampson has done with that Houston program is incredible. It's incredible.
0: Yeah.
3: Princeton. This feels like what the late nineties. With Princeton in the Sweet Sixteen. I guess well, Creighton the
2: Sweet Sixteen that year. But I mean, yeah, with them getting the upset. The lines are big tonight. By the way, the only reason Man, I know that, by the way, Richard, is that they lost to Mississippi State in the second round.
3: In what year? Ninety-six. Oh, okay. So it was in state's run to the Final Four. I just think Princeton uh-huh. has had a semi-deep run since then, or maybe they're kind of like they—they they get the first-round upset and then yeah, kind of bow out in the second round.
2: Yeah, they very rarely get the uh, the second win.
3: Yeah, Borky, you're right. Bama favored by seven against San Diego State. Houston favored by seven and a half against Miami. Creighton is a ten-point favorite against Princeton. And then a smaller line in the Xavier Texas game, Texas favored by four.
4: In the first three, so the big ones, the touchdown or more, most likely to end in an upset. Miami over Houston? People love Miami. I was listening to some national shows today and they were all in on Miami. Really? Yeah, everybody loves they just Miami. He's had a really good year. Yeah.
3: But it's kind of a down year for the ACC, but Miami was steady. They're the best team in that league this year. And then after that, I mean, I know this goes out of the three you were talking about. I mean, Xavier over Houston would probably be my next guess for, like, a point spread upset, I think. I think that would be the way that I went next.
4: San Diego State have any shot at stopping Alabama? San Diego State's big. They're they're big and long.
3: Ryan Brown told us yesterday he thought Charles Bediaco was the most important player for Alabama. So kind of a post-presence there.
4: Might be onto something. Can they score with Alabama? I don't know what. I don't know. I mean, physically, I they s- match up, but.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think offensively, it's a pretty decent team for for San Diego State. To me, the question is simply does Alabama make shots? If Alabama makes shots, you're not beating them. If they have one of those nights where they don't shoot it particularly well, That's then right. okay, you got a chance.
2: Yeah. You're, no, not, you go you're not slowing them down. It's just about. It's it's more about what they do than what you do. That's how you know that's a really good team when it's not about what you do. It's, it's it's completely on them whether you win or lose.
3: I mean, you go back to the Mississippi State game in Tuscaloosa, where Mississippi State kept it so close. Alabama did not make shots. They won that game that night, 66-63. Somehow, someway, hit a couple of big buckets down the stretch. They didn't lose many games. They shot it very poorly at Oklahoma. That was a game that they lost badly, 93-69. to They only scored 59 in the game at Tennessee. Tennessee played really, really good defense that day. They only scored 61 in the loss at Texas A&M. So there have been a few nights this year where Alabama couldn't throw it. The only time they've lost a high-scoring game was to Gonzaga. They lost that one one hundred to ninety. Their other four losses, Alabama scored in the sixties. So so outside of that one game against Gonzaga, if they score in the seventies, you're not beating them. So are they going to score seventy against San Diego State tonight? If they are, the trend of the season would tell you take the tide. My question is, are you gonna lay the seven points?
2: I'm probably in a given mood on that one, yeah. You're going to lay the points.
3: Yeah. Uh, Mississippi State trailing 3-1 to one to Vanderbilt in the top of the second inning. Commodores got a two-out double down the right field line, and they are back to the top of the order with Bradfield at the plate, leading 3-1. to one. That's with one out and a runner on second in the top of the second inning. Coming up next on the Farm Bureau Guest Line, we'll talk with Brad Henderson, Talk about the oldest Florida series this weekend that now will be two games tomorrow and one on Sunday. Take a time out. This is Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios.
0: Talk Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at Supertalk.fm.
3: Earlier today, Arkansas beat LSU 9-3 in ten innings, and in Starkville, Vanderbilt is leading Mississippi State 3-1 in the bottom of the second. Texas AM Tennessee gets started at 5:30. Missouri-South Carolina at 6, Georgia-Auburn at 6, Kentucky-Alabama at 6. We were scheduled originally for a 6.30 start in Oxford with Florida and Ole Miss, but now that is going to be a doubleheader tomorrow. Brad Henderson joins us. He's the color analyst on the Ole Miss radio network alongside David Kellum. Always kind to spend a few minutes with us on Friday afternoons, especially during conference play. You, You get a night off tonight, Hindu.
1: Yeah, I do. I think I'm going to actually have uh, dinner with the fam, which uh, rarely occurs on a Friday night this time of the year.
3: Yeah, certainly the case. All right, so a pair of nine inning games tomorrow, as a player how hard is that to do?
1: It wasn't. Uh, You know, I think it would be tough probably if you're catching, Um, but again, we're talking about 18 to 20, 21 year old kids who are resilient, so I always enjoyed it. Um, you know, I, I didn't you, – you sleep a little better at night, but as far as just the grind of, of playing 18 innings, I, you know, I, I didn't I, – I just saw it as a chance to play two baseball games instead of one. Yeah. Um,
3: we were talking earlier about the importance of the bullpen and somebody maybe needing to step up this weekend. Uh, and I, I told Borky I, I agree with that. But I think you might need to put an asterisk next to Jack Doherty's game. When you're going to play 18 innings in one day, it feels like you need your starter in game one to to get you as deep as possible. Do you do you sign on to that?
1: Yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, and, and I think we saw last week, Jack, they kind of got to him there in those middle innings. But, boy, if you could sure get five, six, seven out of him in game one, that certainly sets up well as, uh, you know, as you head into game two, just, just an hour, hour and a half after game one is complete. So, yeah, that, that's an interesting thought as far as the pen goes because, uh, you, you'll certainly have to, you, you'll have to go into knowing you're playing a doubleheader a, a lot differently than you would if you were playing a, a, a typical three game series.
3: And Florida's got two guys that on doubleheader day they're going to run out that they've got a ton of confidence in. Brandon Sproat, who went complete game last week against Alabama, and then Hurston Waldrop, who we know well. Talk to me a little bit more about the uh, about the pitching for this Florida team and what Ole Miss is facing, and what they've got to do to kind of flip the script from what they did offensively last week.
1: Yeah, they're really good, Richard. Uh, you're going to see Brandon Sproat tomorrow night. He's going to be 96-99. to 99. A uh, change-up in the upper 80s, which is just absurd to me. His, his numbers are off the charts. He was SEC co-pitcher of the week last week. Uh, you know, the walk-to-strikeout ratio is really good. So we're going to have to compete. Uh, I, I didn't think we competed last week on a Friday against a, re- a really good left-hander from Vanderbilt. Uh, and I think they need to, They number one, they need to have something positive happen early in the game and and get the crowd in it and kind of feed off feed off of Swayze um and then obviously Hurston Waldrop who we saw last year in game two of the super regional uh he's he's gifted as well obviously a right-hander the numbers are really good since he's transferred to florida uh and he's a high velocity guy as well so i think the positive is both those guys are right-handed uh which we didn't see last year uh last weekend so you know, again, I, I think Swayze will have a lot to do with it. and It'll be good to be back at home.
3: This is probably going to sound like a dumb question, so forgive me. But what is it that makes left-handers so hard to hit?
1: Well, I just think because you don't see them on a normal, you know, on a normal basis, you you may see one, uh, maybe one a week. Uh, you may see a specialty guy uh in the bullpen who's only going to come in and see one left-handed hitter so you're just not accustomed to it and then obviously as a right-handed hitter that ball is going to tail away from you and typically richard growing up i'm not going to speak for you but when i was playing i was a right-handed hitter i tried to pull everything right that was my power was was to, to to left field so You've got to teach yourself to be able to hit the ball the other way. So I think there's some adjustments that you ha- that have to be made. And but realistically, I just think it. You, you just don't see many left-handers. And if they've got a good, if they've got a good change-up, uh, it, it's just hard on a right-handed hitter. So you know. And then obviously the left-on-left matchup. We faced three of them last weekend, and obviously Mississippi State's going to face the same three this weekend. It, it's just a it, it's a challenging thing. Fill up the strike zone.
3: Yeah, man, you, you can't speak to me. I was more of a gap-to-gap, up-the-middle power guy and, and had great discipline against hard breaking balls, uh, was always willing to go the opposite way, especially trying to kind of drive it the opposite way. That was That was generally my approach.
1: Well, you know, i will save some video of you, and, and Trout, Mike Trout, comes to mind. You know, uh, some similarities. <laughs> oh yeah. man, those
3: similarities stopped at like seven years old. If that was the uh, <laughs> that was that was the case. Um, when you look at the league, and you kind of you know following scores, watching some games, uh, you see Georgia struggled and kind of gave one away last night against Auburn. Paul Skeens was ridiculously good again today, even though LSU lost. I mean, the, the final score in that game today just doesn't tell the story at all of uh, of that game between LSU and and Arkansas down in Baton Rouge in an early start. And Mississippi State gets swept on the road last weekend. It, it was kind of a strange opening weekend. What, what stood out to you from the first weekend of 10 in SEC play?
1: I, I think the number of sweeps. Uh, obviously, And they were really good teams. I think the thing that shocked me the most was probably Missouri sweeping Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Um, I certainly didn't see that coming. Um, I didn't see Ole Miss or Mississippi State getting swept either. But it happens. It shows you the parity and and the depth of this league. And I think Peyton Chantier said it best in the postgame on Tuesday. The one thing they learned was, if you don't play good baseball, you're going to get beat in this league. And uh, you, you've got to bring it not only every game, but pretty much every pitch. And uh, so it, it was certainly an eye-opener and, and put all those teams that got swept behind the eight ball a little bit. But, you know, it's a long season, Richard. We've got nine more weekends. But you just look up and, and they just don't – there is no easy weekend. So Ole Miss will have to play well this weekend uh, against a really good Kevin O'Sullivan Florida team.
3: Brad, I know we talked about it last week, um, that, that players and coaches don't look at it from a standpoint of, well, you need to do this over the course of your first five series or your course, the course of your first six series because this is what you've got at the end of the schedule. But there's no question that when you look at the schedule, the last four weekends are easier than the first six weekends for Ole Miss. What, what do the Rebels realistically need to do after getting swept in the first weekend of the regular season over the course of the next 2 or 3 weeks to not play themselves out of postseason opportunities feeling terrible about the year etc
1: yeah so you're talking about the first 6 weekends which would be the first 18 games i, I to be honest with you richard at this point i I think they would sign up for for five hundred right now. You know, if, if they looked up and they're nine and nine oh, yeah. with twelve games left, they would take that in a heartbeat. Uh, I, you know, I just think they don't need to be in that five and thirteen. Uh, you know, anything lower than that is going to be a, a, a huge uphill battle. But you know, I, I think if they're seven or eight, uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to say they're going to be happy about that. But uh, it certainly gives them an opportunity in the last 12 to, to really make some noise and, and climb that ladder uh, headed to Hoover.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess if you're 7-11 and 11 after 18 games, you don't like where you are in the standings, but you look at the final four weeks and you say, okay, there's still a path to 15 or 16 wins. you got to play really, really well to get there, and, and you're putting a lot of pressure on yourselves, but there is still a path. Maybe maybe we finish here today, and, and this is such an unknown. What is getting Hunter Elliott going to mean when when he comes back in another two or three weeks? Whenever the time is that that he returns to this team, because I feel like there, there's like what he does on the field, but also a mental lift that goes with that as well.
1: Yeah, huge one. Uh, well, they just know when they run out there that that their guy is is on the mound, and and their guy was on the mound in the national championship game, you know, the same guy that, fits so well in the off season, the same guy that uh, dealt when we needed, uh, when we needed wins down the stretch in conference last year. So from a, a mental standpoint, um, you just play with a lot more confidence because, you know, he's going to, he's going to keep you in it uh, and, and make pitches to get you off the field. When, when you need to get off the field and, I know it, it sounds weird, but as a player, it's uh, it's just something in the back of your mind that, you, you know, if you you don't score the first inning, that's okay. You still got Hunter to run out there and, and, and get you back back in the dugout. So you, you hope Jack will take that next step, because I, I don't think we're going to have Hunter back for probably another four weeks. Hmm. Uh, so you certainly can't sit on that. You know, you can't say, well, when we get him back, we're, we're fixed to get rolling you, you got to win some baseball games and uh Jack can certainly do it. We saw him uh we saw him in game one of the championship series last year go pi- five perfect innings. We don't need jack to do that we just need jack to make pitches and, and not give up crooked numbers and, and then turn it over to the offense who clearly has got to play better than they did last weekend.
3: Doubleheader at Swayze starting tomorrow at 1 30. The Ole Miss radio broadcast will start at 1 o'clock. Brad Henderson will be in the chair next to David Kellum. We'll be listening, my friend. Thanks as always for your time. You bet, RC. Brad Henderson joining us talking some Ole Miss baseball as the Rebels and the Florida Gators meet up. Florida, depending on where you look, they're a consensus top five team, kind of across all the polls, as high as number three. We'll be back.
0: Sports Talk in the state. It's the
5: best thing. Say that again. We the best
2: on three. One, two, three. We the best.
0: Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi.
3: All guests on Sports Talk Mississippi appear on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Top of the third inning in Starkville, and it has not been a good top of the third for Mississippi State. Lead off hit by a pitch, followed by a walk, followed by an error on the third baseman, followed by a two run double. There's a sack fly that's mixed in there. Vanderbilt has scored Ooh. four in the top of the third to lead it
4: seven to one. That's a great play on that sack fly, though. Robbed the home run.
2: Mm hmm. Sure did could be 10-1 instead. It's, uh, it's 7-1. Uh, Clark's a big dude, It's Mississippi State man. inning, right? Yeah. It's mean, just a typical Mississippi State inning. Like you said, hit by pitch, then a walk, single loads the bases, and they score on an error, and then you're, you're just off from there. That is that is Mississippi State baseball right now.
3: Yeah. Hmm. Hit by pitch, walk, single, Oops. error on the third baseman, Two-run single, pop-out, sack-fly. New pitch. And and a pitching change. And, look, here's the thing. So Vandy's got seven runs on five hits. But, I mean, evidenced by the the sack-fly. I mean, you think of sack-flies as lazy fly balls that just get deep enough to get a runner home from third and maybe move up a runner from second to third. That was a rocket to the wall. And Borgie said, I mean... Basically, a home run robbed.
4: If his Um, glove's not there, it's going over the fence.
3: If it doesn't go over, it's really close. It's either hitting the top of the wall or getting over. So, hey, is this the hardest that that Sanja's been hit in a game this year? Because I I thought Vandy Uh, took really good swings on him today.
2: Yeah, easily. Yeah.
3: The only crazy thing is, a week and a half ago, you looked at Vandy, and you're like, man, offensively, they're not very good. But for the first four SEC games, they have absolutely swung the heck out of it. It's
2: like there's some talent. We're not on the hospitality roster. state for nothing. You know, we're just staying no Miss, just giving them runs.
4: I love these uh, messages. By the way, you see the picture we got from Pete Taylor. The people that are listening to yeah. us while at the ballpark love those pictures.
2: Yeah. so they're up two yeah. nothing. Bottom of the fourth, couple of solo home runs.
4: Buddy, look at those flags in the outfield in the sky, though. <laughs> it's ominous. Looking, the
3: weather is oh, it's blowing out to center field at Pete Taylor Park today. Also, yeah,
4: important, good start, though.
3: Yeah, and an important series this weekend for Southern Miss after starting one and two in uh, in league play. Coming back home, really got to try to get it going, and off to a really good start so far. So good, yeah. So far, so good for Southern Miss. Um, Georgia Southern in Starkville. And Southern Miss lost three in a row, right? They lost the the last two of that Texas State Series last weekend and then mm-hmm. lost their mid-week, midweek game man. to UNO down on the road. Here's some uh, breaking New news.
4: Speaking of baseball and series this weekend, uh, Wyatt Langford, who suffered an unfortunate injury that can only really happen to about half the population. Um, Back in the lineup this weekend. Hmm. So he it's a got
3: disappointing to hear. You're an old Miss fan.
4: Yeah, I mean, he's a great player, but um,
3: it's good for
2: him, though, considering yeah. the nature of that injury. I'm glad he's yes, okay.
3: Yes, it is.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah.
4: I, I was watching basketball last night. Uh, I had an NBA game on as well as Marsh Madness and. Uh, Dyson Daniels took took a shot from a knee to a spot where you don't want to have a knee hit you. And the color analyst goes, you know, he got charged with the foul and his voice is moving up a couple octaves for a little while.
1: <laughs>
4: mm. It's a perfect call. Nailed it. But so yeah.
3: when did the injury happen for Langford on March 11th?
4: Yeah, missed so seven
3: was- games in total. He was expected to miss weeks.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, he it was a specific injury that I can't remember. I mean, he had a ruptured testicle
2: yep,
3: that required surgery. Yep. How did it
4: happen? <laughs> I, I I don't know.
2: I don't want to know. Just something happened, and that's that's all you need to know.
4: It, Again, an injury that can only that, happen to about things. half the half the population. Yeah, <laughs> and, he, and he's he's apparently better now. Probably going to have uh, an equipment addition moving forward, if I had to guess.
2: Yeah, you you would hope. Eight one Vanderbilt now, by the way. Oh man! All right, so that
3: was in the Friday game of their final non-conference series, right?
4: Yeah, Guy said, come on. Hey, I was trying to keep it PG. Blame
2: Cross for that. I, this guy, this guy here, worried about gross injuries. Hmm. Oh, my gosh. 10-1. It's going to be a short night. They're going to get ahead of the rain in Starkville tonight because that game's going to be over in seven innings. It's
3: a new pitcher into the game, and it's a single followed by a double.
2: There was a walk in there. Don't leave that out. Oh, sorry. I missed that. Sports
3: Talk Mississippi. We will uh, move into the 5 o'clock hour when we come back in the Pearl River Resort Studio.
0: Talk Mississippi, to the junction, in the grove, and to the top. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: O'clock hour, final hour of the work week for those of you who have already finished up the work week. Congratulations! Enjoy the weekend. Stay safe tonight. Keep your eye out for any weather alerts that are out there. The good news is, after this front blows through, we have as nice a Saturday as we have had in a while that is uh, on the horizon. Be what mid to upper seventies, maybe farther south in Mississippi. Be in the eighties tomorrow. Going to have some sunshine. Yeah, good day to either be at the ballpark or get some stuff done in the yard, or maybe you fire up the grill, maybe it's a crawfish boil. Whatever it is, we hope you have a great weekend. Richard Cross, Michael Borke, and Brian Haydad with you through this five o'clock hour in the Pearl River Resort studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. It's inside the Golden Moon, sports book at Timeout Lounge, great food. Plenty of TVs to watch games. You can uh, go directly to the the ticket taker. It's not the way to describe it, I guess. The uh, whatever where you place your bets, where you talk to a person, you kiosk. Can... No, 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 no.
2: Oh, you can so go like to the actual the,
3: like the register. Okay,
2: yeah.
3: You can deal with a person and place your bets that way, or you can go to the kiosk and place them manually on your own without anybody else. Or you can go to one of the Crystal Terminals where you can sit, you can live bet, and you can place multiple wagers, whatever it is you're looking for. You can, uh, you can do all of that at the Golden Moon Casino, part of Pearl River Resort. Uh, you're welcome to join us on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. I, I want to hit a couple of things on here because... Uh, it, Mississippi State's off to an 0 3 start in baseball in league play. And they are currently down ten to one in the third inning, headed to the fourth to Vanderbilt. And the range of emotions on the text line from folks listening are kind of all over the place. We get this one. Fire the staff. We get another one. It simply says unacceptable we get another one that says so depressing. And all of those sentiments are, are fine, right? We're not, we're not telling you how to feel about it, regardless. But hey Dad, it's it's kind of it's kind of all over the board right now. There's resignation, there's frustration, there's anger, there's like call to action with changes in the direction of the program from a leadership standpoint. All of those things are in play. And it's magnified it's not just that Mississippi State is losing baseball games. I'm just gonna rip the band aid off of it. They look terrible in the process of losing these games right now. And I think that's the part that's got fans so just at a loss for what to do and how to handle it.
2: I mean, every everything you said, you know, the, the, the overriding theme is nobody's happy. Yeah. And, I mean, your last three games now, 12-3, 17-3, it's 10-1 to in the the fourth right this second. I mean, no offense to these schools, but you could send Jackson State, Alcorn State, or Mississippi Valley State to play Vanderbilt and Kentucky and get scores like that. That's not Mississippi State baseball. It never has been. This this I mean, even, you know, State had a bad year in 2015, right? That was the year where... Uh, they they just fell apart and it wasn't a good season. But that team was competitive in games. You know they they weren't getting to run off the field each and every week when they play in the SEC. This is, I mean, and the way this series has started makes you think that it's going to be another long, long weekend for the Bulldogs. I mean, th- there's no way it can go on like this. Either, either at the end of this season you're gonna have to if it's, if it continues like this the rest of. The, I mean, State will find a way to win a game here or two. Just you know. I'm not saying they're going to go two and 28 in the conference, but if you finish last again, you have to you have to decide what you are. Either you you are a championship program, an elite program, or you're not. And if you're not, that's fine. Everybody can just go out and cook out and enjoy themselves in, in the stadium and whatever. But if you are. You don't tolerate finishing last two two years in a row, coming off of a national title. That's that's not something that can be allowed to continue.
3: Yeah. Vorky raised a question to me during the break, and I think it's a fair question. Because he, he said he's seen some of the sentiment that, like you know, how can a team with this much talent yeah. continue to lose games like this? Is it possible that there is a talent issue here? Now, now look, we know Hunter Hines is a really good baseball player who is going to put up big numbers. We know Kellum Clark is is really talented, right? I mean, so there there are some exceptions, but there's some places in this lineup and in the defensive lineup where there are problems, significant problems.
2: I mean, you look at states starting rotation, right? That's when you should have guys that are like juniors and redshirt sophomores in there. But there aren't any. There's a true freshman. There's a transfer. And next weekend, I think there's going to be another true freshman. Or it might be Kate Smith. 2020 and 2021, there, there's no pitchers left, hardly any pitchers left from those two signing classes. I did a podcast about this uh, earlier this week. And state just missed on so many guys. I mean, I understand it's baseball; you're going to miss on guys. A lot of your top guys are going to go pro, and that's part of the game. But who 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 is contributing to this team from those those two classes? And most of the ones that are, you know, are in the are in the batting order. There, you know, Kellum Clark and Lane Forsyth and those guys. You just don't have you just don't have any pitchers with any any veteran guys who have you know. I mean, Casey Hunt. You, you, you expected him to be a starter this year, but he—I don't think he's—he's he's a starter. I think he's a reliever. You see what's going on with Kate Smith, and then you got to put—you know—you're putting a true freshman out there on Friday nights, and you, so you know you see what happens. This two yeah. weeks in a row, he's gotten you know squared up.
3: By the way, this is the time where normally we would have the college football fix today on this Friday with baseball going on. We'll just call it the college baseball fix. The college baseball fix today. Normally, the college football fix. It's still driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Truck month is winding down. Don't miss on your opportunity to get into an F-Series, the best-selling truck in America for the last 46 straight years, the all-new Ford Super Duty. Or if you're looking for a pickup, try the Ranger or the Maverick. You can do all of that at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and Michael Borkey. So, you, you talk about no pictures. Or, or, or lack of pitching. That's not fair to say no pitchers. Lack of pitching. Hey, and then for as long as I have watched Mississippi State baseball, and it's not as long as you have, there's always been a dude. Multiple. Right? You know, multiple usually, but I mean, at the front end of it, there's always been a dude. Going back to, you know, I mean, if you really want to go back to like mid 80s, you're talking about, you know, cowboy and. All those guys, yeah. but but I'm thinking like Eric Dubose forward. Mm-hmm. You go Eric Dubose, you go Paul Mahalum. You want to fast forward to Chris Stratton? Yeah, yeah fast forward there Hudson. even to Will Bednar from a couple of years ago, and I know I left a million guys out. Yeah. But with Cade Smith, and, and I'm not sure that Cade Smith is in, like, the top-of-the-rotation mold of some of those guys that we've talked about. But he was your opening day starter, and you haven't had him since opening day or b- briefly into the second start of the season. That guy doesn't exist. And So you were talking about from a recruiting standpoint. I mean, the, the, the draft gets everybody, right? I mean, you, you look at old Miss's class from a year ago. It was, a like, this freshman class – it was a really, really good class. But they still missed on the top two guys in the class that would change the way we looked at the old Miss baseball team. We've seen Florida go through cycles where they just got hammered by the draft on both ends, right, lost a bunch of guys to the draft and then had an incoming recruiting class that gets decimated by the draft as well. So there's an effect for everybody, and Mississippi State has dealt with that through the years. They've been fortunate to get guys on campus before that you didn't think were necessarily going to get there, but it still is. It's still a really weird spot.
2: to well, not, not see a dude at the guys, front of the though. rotation. It's, it, but it's not even those guys. It's the guys they've gotten to campus who couldn't play, who have all transferred out. You know, they signed a kid last year, Jack Walker, who was the national pitcher of the year coming out of high school. You know, that, I mean, that's that's something, right? You think it yeah, would be sure? And he's he's already gone. He's already gone. He's already transferred out. You know, wasn't really effective last year. And so he moves on. Uh, a guy like uh uh Blaze Berry, who is now the Friday night starter for UAB. And I think if you know, I'm not saying the Friday night starter for UAB could be Friday night starter for Mississippi State, but I would think could be a you wouldn't mind a piece in the him bullpen him. that you could use. I wouldn't mind having him, yeah. But that's another guy that that that's gone come and gone. And there's just a bunch of those guys like that for Mississippi State that they've just they either missed on and obviously they missed on some some, you know you know what kind of what does this team look like if a guy like Maddox Bruns is, is at the front of the rotation, who's in the Dodgers organization? But they just don't have they. Just, from a pitching perspective, the talent level is definitely down. The best guys are the two true freshmen, and they're just not ready yet. We're going to do our
3: best to perk everybody up when we come back with a Food Friday because we can all smile about that Food Friday coming up next. That was your college football slash today baseball fix driven by Ford.
0: Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports, sports. On your radio and in the game. Super Talk Mississippi.
3: site you can go there you can find recipes you can find a full listing of the products that polks has available products like their original smoked sausage their cajun smoked sausage the garlic and green onion sausage or maybe you're looking for the red hot links you can do mm, so much good stuff with that And I'll tell you an underrated thing, a little bit harder to find sometime, but absolutely perfect, Polk's sliced ham for biscuits. If you like ham biscuits in the morning, these are perfect. They're like biscuit-sized ham slices that are nice and thick. You can throw them in the skillet. You can throw them in the griddle. I guess if you wanted to throw them on the grill, you could do that, whatever you want to do, and then throw them on a biscuit. And you have got breakfast that people will absolutely love you can find all of that at your local grocery store. Just look for the Polks packaging, that bright yellow label with the blue Polks across it. And remember, no buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polks. It's time for a food Friday. I'm making a commitment to myself that Sunday, when I light the grill, I'm going to branch out. I told you guys I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm too, I'm going to pork chops on Sunday. I'm going to do pork chops on the grill on Sunday evening. The only question is what Sounds i do. Sounds good. I've always liked Greek seasoning on pork chops. I don't know if that's the best way to go. I would imagine that the Tony Sachery's Cajun seasoning would be really good on them as well. Do you need to marinate pork chops?
2: Nah. I mean, you can brine them, but you don't need, you probably need to marinate them.
3: It's better if you do, though. I might, like, early, like, after church on Sunday, before we go to the baseball game, like, go ahead and get them in a pan and put some olive oil on them and some salt on them and just kind of let them sit that way and then hit the seasoning before they go on the grill. Is that a good plan?
4: Sure. Okay. Guy says don't ever get put get lemon pepper rubs. seasoning on chops.
2: Okay.
3: Okay. It's all personal preference, you some, whatever you
2: Y'all, y'all have an academy sports in Oxford?
3: Uh no, we don't. You don't? No, okay. No Academy. I don't know where it's. There's, there's it. a dicks here, but all right.
2: and then of, I don't, little, I don't know what their outdoor is like, but I don't think University academy Sporting there, so. Goods
3: has a rub section.
2: No. They do, and it's uh the the one here in Starville, they have all the, the meat church rubs. I was gonna tell you to go get some uh Ooh. some of their rubs, but Ooh,
3: hold on, Kent. I need you to tell me a little bit more about this. This this sounds, Kent in Columbus says used a use a caramel glaze on the pork pork chops. Tell me a little bit more about that, Kent. You you have piqued my attention. Uh We get one message that says don't salt them ahead of time. That'll pull the moisture out. Ricky tells me to use Stubbs barbecue on chops. Okay. Uh Greg suggests Zatarans. We get the don't ever put lemon uh, lemon pepper seasoning on them. Okay. Um. Here we go. There's our first submission of the day. I would like to participate in Food Friday. Three large pizza boxes and beer bottles are all we have. There is a grill in the corner covered with dust. Hey man, you got to eat. Okay. So you know, do your pizza thing and enjoy the evening,
4: right? There are worse things to have than pizza and beer. Yeah. True. You could eat a salad. Somebody
3: said that I've got to try lard-infused pork chops. I would be all for that. I'm not sure that my wife is going to eat anything that is lard-infused, whether she knows it or not. Certainly not if she knows it in advance. We'll see. Um, What about you guys this weekend? You cooking? What's it gonna be, hey Dad? Damn. What's it gonna be?
2: I got four ribeye steaks sitting in the, uh, the fridge. Ooh, ooh. We're doing, yeah, including a sixteen-ouncer for Dad and uh
3: look—is that a cowboy? Got you got a little
4: bone in there?
2: Nah, it's nah, not a bone. Heck yeah, that's stuff. the
4: way to do it. You, you get all. I just all the weight.
2: Yeah, I found I found a, a pack of three, and I was like, well, I need one more, so I just walked over to the counter and. Figured out which one I thought looked the biggest. So I was like, "I'll take that one." There we go. Beautiful, boy. So I got that. We'll do some uh, some twice baked, mm-hmm. and uh, some uh, chimichurri Brussels sprouts.
3: You mm. make your own twice baked, or you get them pre-made?
2: I make them. I make them myself. Okay. Bake them Beautiful. until you can put a fork through them. Cut them in half and scoop them out. Stick a butter. Shred some cheese. I'll do up some bacon little seasoning, a little MSG. Mash it all together, put them back in until they're nice and golden brown.
4: Mm. That sounds good. Ribeye is the best cut of steak, by the way. The the more I, fillets I have, the worse I think they are. And they're the most expensive, and it's like they the, they have the oh,
2: least flavor. I, fr- I forgot to mention, I, I also picked up some Polk sausage. Atta boy. <laughs> Make sure I throw that in.
3: That's a prerequisite, Elba's, yes, but thank you for saying that, thank you. And
2: Uh, I did get some Stubbs barbecue sauce, my favorite is the Sweet Heat. Ooh, very
3: good, very good.
2: That that uh, is my favorite off-the-counter barbecue sauce.
3: Barky, I love a ribeye, but to me a filet is just so much easier, and I
4: don't have flavor issues with filets. It's just not the same, it's not as good. Especially if you're going to have a big one, and it's it's a taller cut, so the, the flavor, when it's seared off, it doesn't penetrate as well as a flatter ribeye.
3: I'll take your word for it. It's
4: just, a, I have a refined palate.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. What do you What are you cooking there this weekend, Mr. Refined Palate? Tell I, me more.
4: I want to do a, a smoked salmon dip. That that's that's the plan, and I've I've got to get on Google before I really decide because hadn't thought twice about food plans for the weekend uh, up until you know before the show begins. But that's mm-hmm. kind of what I want to do. I mean, you you really can't beat a good homemade smoked salmon dip. That's really good. Yeah, man, with Ritz crackers and just munch on it all day, absolutely. With baseball nice. going on, maybe a glass of wine, not a wine guy, but, man, smoked fish with wine, yeah, buddy. Porky says he's not a wine guy, but he's going to have wine. I think so. Give me a full-bodied red. Isn't that what the sophisticated wine drinkers say? <laughs> I don't know. Did you just read that in a magazine? With fish? No, I, I, I'm just gonna go to the store and buy a really cheap one, honestly. And then I'll you can't, you I'll can't get have red wine with fish. Spin it around in a glass and and then smell it. And oh well, the tannins aren't ready yet. Mm. I have one night a girl I dated in college. Her family pretended to be sophisticated because I don't believe anybody actually acts like this unless there are other people around. But they, yeah, I went visited her in college. Went to their house and. Her dad made steaks and all that, and they opened a bottle of wine and poured it for everybody, and I am not kidding when I say to you they made everybody sit for 15 minutes before they could have a sip of wine. We had to sit there and waft it. I'm not kidding. Like, her dad was sitting here doing this right here, wafting his wine for 15 minutes before he took a sip of it. I thought, I am so out of place in this home. It's not even funny. Like, I I don't fit here at all. I, I mean, I felt like I was in. I mean, they they even had the accents. Like you've seen. Oh gosh, what's the what's the show called? Uh, Frank Underwood. House the, of Cards. House of Cards. Mm-hmm. His, his accent's not a South Carolina accent. Nobody talks like that, unless it's like 1690. Her family talked like that. <laughs> <laughs> Debbie
3: sent us some pictures and some videos. This is great stuff. They did bone-in ribeyes, fillets, broccoli, and twice-stuffed baked potatoes, along with crawfish-stuffed boudin and bacon, and wrapped asparagus. That's an old text, actually. That's old. I don't care. I wanted to read that out loud again because, my goodness, that sounds wonderful. Oh! Debbie's the best. Debbie doing it right in Ocean Springs. Brandon says... He's got some boudin links on the grill, couple that with some Hawaiian bread, and he will call it a night. Uh uh somebody says the only way to drink wine is out of the bottle while dry oh, yeah, not while driving. Out of the bottle, that's fine. There you this go. We're gonna go that way, man. just drink
2: it out of the box. Just um here
3: we go. Dwayne and Brandon's got a big pot of Gulf Shrimp gumbo, of course, with Polk's sausage. Says uh Yabby's and barbecue ribs Saturday for a birthday party. Yabbies, what's that?
4: Crawfish, he's the only person on earth that calls it that. We, we established this a couple weeks ago because I had to Google it first to make sure that he wasn't trying to bait us into saying something that we shouldn't say on the air. No, that's oh what some people call crawfish, and he is the only person I have ever seen or heard say that, ever.
3: I'm not going to ruin Food Friday with a score update. I'll give that to you when we uh, Please don't. come
2: back. Yeah.
3: We'll, we'll, we'll hit a few more of your grilling submissions because we got a bunch of them today. When we come back with you, Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort studio. Be sure when you go to the grocery store to check out Polk's because picky people pick Polk's.
0: Mississippi app. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports. Sports Talk Mississippi. You know I love sports. On Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Microsoft Mississippi with you. Thanks for being with us on this Friday afternoon. Just finished up a Food Friday presented by Polks and polksmeat.com. That's the website. Get your polks at your local grocery store. If they don't have it, find the meat department manager and ask him to get polks because, again, picky people pick polks. I say we finished it. We might continue talking about this a little bit more because it allows us to uh, avoid the elephant in the room and that is a uh, a large elephant. It is a 14-run <laughs> elephant after another three-run home run for uh, Vanderbilt. Uh, it's a woolly mammoth.
1: You.
4: Scientists are trying to recreate those anyway Mastodine. using DNA that they have extracted from bugs. Literally, the plot of Jurassic Park is happening in real life with woolly mammoths. That's in the room. Um, R.J. Shrek... For
3: Vanderbilt today, he is 3-for-3 with a two-run home run, a two-run double, and a three-run home run. He is 3-for-3 with seven runs batted in and was also hit by a pitch.
2: They said he was yelling at the MSU uh, dugout, Get out of my swamp! (laughs) (laughs) I wish he thought it the same way. He doesn't, man.
4: He's got a Halloween costume for the rest of his life though.
2: Mississippi right, I'll let y'all know if Donkey hits a home run.
3: Headed to the bottom of the fifth inning now, Mississippi State Donkey has combined to throw one hundred thirty one pitches through five innings of work. Vanderbilt's starter <laughs> Carter Holton has thrown sixty five.
2: Uh am I allowed to drink on the air? Sure. Yeah. Go for
3: it, buddy. You got anything under the table?
2: No, but I might start bringing it if State's going to play during the during the show. Now, jeez Louise.
3: Mm. Mm. So that's um, that's happening in Starfield right now. 14-1. Hey, State get in that
2: right. inning with a caught stealing. So hey, got him. It was a
3: <laughs> the ball that was backhanded in the dirt with a late break from well, whatever. I mean, I'm just
4: describing what happened. Hey. I'm not thinking about how they caught. Yeah. Um, Got him. There's no pictures on the scorecard, Richard. That was actually a
3: really good play by Rossfield. He rolled to his right and backhanded a one-hopper in the left-handed batter's box and took a step out to his right and threw the runner out who was trying to get to second on what he thought was going to be a pitch that got to the backstop.
4: that is a score of 31 to 4 in the last 11 innings of conference baseball because Sunday of last week didn't go 9.
2: That's right.
4: 17 to 3, 14 to 1 in 11 innings of conference baseball. Food Friday, huh? More pictures, more more talk? Let's uh... Yeah,
3: yeah, we will uh we certainly will do that. Let let
4: let's, let us do that. So how about that March Madness, huh? Um, Somebody asked what I was going to
3: do with the pork chops for sides. I I don't know. I'll just think on that a little bit more. Bacon? Just double up on the the hog. Well, it'll be triple because I'll start with little Polk's Cajun smoked sausage on the grill. We'll just uh, load up. Somebody said Caribbean jerk marinade for chops. Uh, I will Mm marinate pork chops in zesty Italian dressing, then put a combination of barbecue seasoning, not sauce, and lemon pepper on them. And the taste is impeccable, so I disagree with those saying no lemon pepper. That is from Bruce. Uh, Kenny and Watson said, I'm just going to throw some sausage dogs on the grill. Well, Kenny, hold on. The, those of us sitting here with microphones in front of us, the, the ones that disagree with what you are going to do are going to protest right now. All right, enjoy those sausage dogs on the grill tonight, Kenny. That sounds fantastic. What a fun way to start the weekend. Uh, any advice on whether to smoke ribeyes or no? That is from Bo in Starkville.
2: You did that recently, didn't you, Borky?
4: Yes, and I loved it.
2: But it have I mean, steaks or did you have like a whole rib roast?
4: No, so uh, it was steaks. Okay. You've really got to like the smoke flavor, though. I mean, it... it it crosses the line from having did a steak you low to and sn- like like low and slow. I reverse seared it. Yeah, uh, did it up until it, it hit one fifteen internal. Rested them for ten minutes. Hot, hot sear, hot, hot sear, and done.
1: Hmm. It was How good. It's just
4: real? it's got. Oh, it took like it was, it was short. It took like forty five minutes to an hour. Oh, oh, okay. When, when you
3: when you said smoking a ribeye, I I thought you almost meant like indirect heat. Like oh
4: all the way done no no I just did slow. it to to one fifteen internal okay
3: um Mike says prime strips are better than a ribeye uh, Borky are you finishing that fillet well I guess it would be for Haydack because Borky said he was not doing a fillet this weekend or or maybe it was the fillet that you were talking about not loving are you finishing it with compound butter oh of course.
4: I mean, okay. I, I, I had a fillet at dinner last weekend. I like them. It's just, if, if you're talking about the best cuts of steak, I don't think that's number one. Despite it being number one on the price chart at restaurants. It, it's not the most flavorful steak that you can get.
3: It's not usually the most expensive it, steak on the menu at a
4: restaurant. Well, it depends. I mean, if you've got like a 60-day dry-age something,
2: then that takes... Yeah. And Milk I'm
4: talking about for size,
2: too. Real quick, Brandon Miller just got his second foul five minutes into the game.
3: Oh, I forgot that had started. Yeah. Uh, bacon wrapped chicken chicken tenders coated in cream cheese with garlic powder and pepper mixed in bacon uh, mixed in bacon wrapped around the chicken until it's covered in the oven at three fifty for about thirty five minutes. That'll be good. Be good. Uh bacon wrapped. Grill your pork chops, and once they're almost done, glaze them with the caramel glaze and let it become... T- oh, that was Kent from Columbus. He was telling me the, the glaze. He said um, brown sugar, butter, and a spoonful of Creole mustard. Melt down the brown sugar and butter. Once it's to a smooth, creamy consistency, turn off the heat and then add a couple of spoonfuls of Creole mustard. Let it cool for a bit. Grill your pork chops. Once they are almost done, glaze them with the caramel glaze and let it become tacky. Kent, I may have to give that a try this weekend. That sounds really good. Uh, Have you guys ever had grilled uh, deer tenderloin backstrap? Absolutely. Yeah. Outstanding. Um, Stephen Brookhaven Borky says, never a full-bodied red with fish. Oh, I was. I know. I know. Debbie wants to know who said that her making simple looked yummy. That was me, Debbie. She sent us. She said they were doing um, hamburgers, hot dogs, and brats with homemade fried corn, uh, homemade fries, corn, and cheesecake, and chocolate chip cookies. Boys, it's not really what it looks like when I do burgers and hot dogs. I mean she's got <laughs> gourmet looking burgers with mushrooms on top, cheese, got homemade fries, got corn. That's a chocolate chip cookie cheesecake,
2: by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. My mom used to make those. Mm-hmm.
3: Can we please not talk Mississippi State baseball? Hey, this put is a We're doing
4: board. it.
2: We're doing it. Hey,
3: hey. Yeah. Um, Number one state ribeye. End of story. Oh, Mike's doing a big cookout at the baseball game tomorrow. Listen, <laughs> excuse me, He's he sent the menu. I've actually had these before from Mike. He does smoked pot roast sliders of provolone and smoked onion horseradish sauce, and they are fantastic. The rest of the menu, pulled pork sliders, pork tenderloin sliders, pork sausage sliders, smoked chicken legs, homemade calzones, grape salad, cayenne Cajun almonds, Assorted chips and dips, strawberry cupcakes, German chocolate cupcakes, homemade ice cream, assorted chips and dips, again, Blanton's Weller Antique, E.H. Taylor, single barrel, Bullet, single barrel, and assorted beer.
2: Wow. I, mean, I can come to Oxford. Wow. Richard, you want to hang out? Sure. Goodness. Mm. Spicy almonds, I'll just go ahead and tell you, that's going to be an issue for me. I'll I, I get into that.
3: Um. Somebody said they were doing shrimp po' boys for a Lent Friday. Sounds good mm-hmm. as well. Great stuff all the way around. Uh. So hoops update. Hey, Dad, you got that one up now? You switched to watch that?
2: I don't have. I don't have it up. I just. I just had. I just saw the tweet about uh, Miller. It, it's early, but it was six five. San Diego State is what I said.
3: Yeah, seven and a half minutes in. San Diego State leads eight seven over Alabama. Does that mean this is one of those games where Alabama's not making shots? Let's see the Crimson Tide. Uh, yeah, they're three of thirteen from the field and zero of five from three. That's the uh, bad news. The good news is San Diego State's four of thirteen and zero of two. That's kind of a yucky start to that game. Plenty of time. Miami Houston tips at six fifteen. Princeton and Cre- uh, Creighton at eight. And then uh, Xavier and Texas tonight at 845 from Kansas City. We will, uh, we will put a bow on this edition of Sports Talk Mississippi when we come back and roll into the weekend alongside you, Sports Talk Mississippi, and the Pearl River Resort Studios.
0: of sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Dinner, doing for dinner tonight at home but hey dad I, I sent my wife a message we got a really cool restaurant in Oxford called Tarasque buddy of mine owns it and it's uh, cool. it's like it's like spell old that. war say what now spell it T-A-R-A-S-Q-U-E Tarasque
2: Italian food
3: yeah and it's they describe oh. it as old world comfort food they have mm-hmm. a butter bean hummus that is as good as anything you have ever put in your mouth. It's got like a lemon flavor to it. It is so good. So I sent Jane a message like, hey, you may grab a couple of orders of that on the way home. And her response was, duh. Was like, okay, <laughs> then. Okay. That's, uh, that's how we'll start the evening anyway.
2: Um, looks good. Looks good. Looking for dessert. My, ooh. ooh my, oh, yeah, chocolate cream puff. I mean, you're in my love language there.
3: Yeah. Mike says Tarasca is the best restaurant
2: in town. I mean, that's, that's how I praise. There's good restaurants in Oxford. It's yeah. better than St. Leo? It's just different. Different type menu. Okay. Okay. I think we're doing... It's it's Jennifer's uh, birthday tonight, so I think we're doing hibachi tonight is what she wants Ooh, to do. Ooh, there you go. I think that's what you did last year for her birthday. She likes hibachi. So do I. It's normally what I do for my birthday. You know what I else i got to tone like? back the order, though. I can't... I can't. Uh, they can do the I onion volcano.
4: volcano? It's always a hit.
2: I'm sure they will. Yeah.
4: Love hibachi. It's it's the same thing. They so do the same routine.
2: It's so predictable. It's with
4: Yeah, and then catch the shrimp. You I love know? it. It's awesome.
2: I love the it. The shrimp.
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where the eggs. I've been to places where they do shrimp.
2: Wow. Yeah, they'll throw the shrimp sometimes. Okay. It's great when I go with my family because I get to eat all the shrimp. Nobody oh, yeah. else wants it.
3: Mm. Um. Join midday's with Gerard Gibbert. He will be live at the Communiversity this Tuesday. He'll tell you, that's this coming Tuesday, as we clarified earlier this week. He will tell you all about the Lowndes County Job Fair in conjunction with the Governor's Job Fair Network. Don't forget, country music superstar Morgan Wallen's coming to Oxford, and you have a chance to win tickets. You can register to win tickets by going to Tack of the Town in Hazelhurst. Celebration Nutrition in Columbus or at Weathers Auto Supply in Tupelo and many other locations. For the full list of places that you can register, go to supertalk.fm slash Morgan Wallen to find the full list of registration locations. Winners will get two sweet seat tickets to see Morgan Wallen at Vault hemingway on Sunday, April 23rd. It is all brought to you by First South Farm Credit, King's Daughters Medical Center, Jumpstart Test Prep, and Toyota of Brookhaven. Dwayne and Brandon says, well, I will say it. Happy birthday to Haydad's wife.
2: Oh, she's not listening. Thank you. She (laughs) doesn't, though, yeah. There you go.
3: Um, Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. Find them online at genteelapparel.com. All the new spring wear is available. It is in stock. It is on shelves at men's stores all across the state of Mississippi, including Kincaid's Fine Clothing in the Jackson Ridgeland area. Be sure to check them out. Don't forget about the collegiate collection. You can get your favorite team's gear that will help you look your best at the ballpark this spring. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Um, don't forget. Women's college basketball tonight: Ole Miss and Louisville from Seattle in the nine o'clock hour. Check your local listings. It's uh, on ESPN. It's on ESPN or ESPN two. It's on ESPN.
4: It's on ESPN. Yeah.
3: So yeah, you've got uh, you got that coming up tonight. Um, Kim Mulkey's got a uh, striking blazer on LSU leading Utah fifty to forty seven. With seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter, Ole Miss Louisville tonight nine o'clock central time on ESPN. Um, Miami beat Villanova earlier today. All right, so one of the one of the higher seeds that knocked off a one seed has won again. Miami has done that. We'll see if Ole Miss is able to follow suit with a win against Louisville coming up later tonight. Hey, Sports Talk also brought to you by uh, Visit Oxford. Find them online at visitoxfordms.com. Be sure to follow them on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for all the things that are happening in Oxford. Go to their website, click on the events page, and, of course, you can see the full lineup of things that are coming with the Double Decker Arts Festival online at visitoxfordms.com. Oh, hey, did they, they just they another one?
2: Nah, I, I know. I know. I know.
3: Was that a PV or a WP? Okay.
2: That's a WP. Okay. And there's been a walk since then. So the bases are loaded, one out. State's changing pitchers again. I don't know why. Just, just it's over. Just get through the game.
3: Top of the sixth inning, fourteen to two Vanderbilt leading it over Mississippi State. Hmm. It's game time tomorrow. Two. <laughs> you said it was such trepidation. Two o'clock first there. pitch tomorrow for Game Two between Vanderbilt and Mississippi State. Game one of the doubleheader for Ole Miss and Florida starts tomorrow at one thirty. Thanks for spending a laid-back Friday afternoon with us on Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Have a good weekend. Good night.